Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bitches, Witches, and Queers, a podcast dedicated to those who have left religion behind and are now seeking to rebuild their lives through self-exploration, play, and spirituality. I, your host, Christina Carlson, am an embodiment and intuition coach. I work with bitches, witches, and queers to discover their own worth and value and learn how to trust themselves to create the lives they want. I am an experimenter by nature, so this podcast, like my life, is an offering in flux. What you find here will be diverse and, hopefully, interesting. One thing you can know for sure is that we will get good and curious here. Welcome. Hello, and welcome to Bitches, Witches, and Queers. (laughs) I wanted to talk about vulnerability because I've been having a lot of conversations about being vulnerable and what it means. And like initially the thought was vulnerability is, is different now than it was then. But like after doing a little bit of digging, a little bit of thinking, I think vulnerability, and like I described this when I was dating like an abusive person and I was like really just like miserable. And I remember like I was in the car with him and he was like talking about something. And I was like, I literally scooted over to the side of the car door and like made myself as small as possible. (laughs) And I think I like squeaked out the words like, I feel naked. (laughs) And it was like, that is what I think vulnerability is. Not, not that scenario. That's not a healthy vulnerability, but it is exposure, right? Like it's exposing the messy parts of ourselves and the things that we have like big feelings around. So that being said, like, I think vulnerability is simply showing ourselves and like that looks different for everyone and feels different for everyone, which is why like someone can share one thing that feels vulnerable and someone else who's like doesn't happen to have big feelings around the same thing can talk about it without vulnerability. And there is like under this nuance and like the conversations around like those of us who are raised in um, radical religious groups and like cult-like dynamics where there was a vulnerability that was like expected or required excuse me. So you've got like these, these spaces where you're like in groups and like, I think this probably happens also in like other communities, but it's like, we kind of use vulnerability as like a way to connect with people. And like, (laughs) this was like, okay. So if you wanted to be like friends with the cool girls, right? Like they'd be in the bathroom and they'd be like, my lipstick is shit today. And like my, I don't know why I'm talking like this. Um, Because that's what I thought cool girls sounded like. I was homeschooled, okay? (laughs) But, like, they made fun of themselves as a way of, like, bonding. And that was vulnerability. It is vulnerability. But it's, like, a kind of a fucked up vulnerability. But, like, we would do that. Then we'd be like, oh, yeah, I totally have a problem with my hair. And, like, you know, just kind of jump in and, like, say something that you feel shitty about as a way of connecting. That's a form of like, we just desire to fit in. We desire to connect. So that's one. Then the other element that like I was raised with was like, if you were doing religion right, or if you're doing community right, then you would expose yourself in ways that felt uncomfortable and really early after you met. So there was like this very unhealthy vulnerability that like even therapists and coaches will be like, that's too much too soon. 
But like when you're raised in a traumatic environment, there can be this tendency to like trauma dump, right? Because we don't know how, we don't know how to like slow down that process. It's just like, know me, love me, now I need it. And I don't think that that's like wrong. Like if you're in that space, you're doing that because there's a need that isn't met there. And it's not the safest for you. It's not safe because like you don't know who that person is. And even if they're the best person in the world, your body is like not ready for that. But like when you're in a traumatic space and when you've been in those traumatic spaces, it's really hard for you to like know that that's not safe or that it's too much too fast too soon because that's what you're used to. So all of that being said, I like came up with a list for us, which steps for healthy vulnerability. <laughs> because, because like, honestly, this has been one of the hardest things for me in like coming back into like, I say real life because a lot of people call my growing up years like a bubble. But even if you didn't grow up that way, even if you grew up just like in patriarchy, there's like, there's some weird dynamics that happen within relationships. And like, it's mostly codependence when I like ultimately what it comes back to. But it's just like this idea of like looking at everyone else for if you're okay for what you need. You spent your entire life being told like, here's what you should do. Here's what you should not do. Here's like the career you should pursue or the type of life you should want. And like, that could be innocent and it might be. And also I think it's rooted in, like everything, it's rooted in white supremacy and patriarchy because it's this top-down leadership of like, you look above you to see if everything is okay. And then you judge accordingly and do based on who has authority above you. And that's how you, that's how you feel good is if the person who has more authority than you is feeling okay. Or if everyone in your life who takes up space is okay, then you can be okay. And that's like this, we're taught that codependence is love. We're taught that sacrifice Well, actually, we're taught that love is sacrifice especially like within religion, but I think in a lot of ways, a lot of movies, a lot of things, we're taught that love is sacrifice. We're taught like to, to sacrifice your feelings, to sacrifice your desires, to sacrifice your um, wants, your needs um, is love. And I was thinking about this and I'm like, okay, like I think sacri- I think love includes sacrifice. But love is not sacrifice. It is an element that is involved in loving someone sometimes. And that's not what it's made of. And we were taught that like sacrifice was the pinnacle of love when you gave up everything for a person. So honestly, that's like what we expect. I think a lot of the times when we get in relationships, we're like, if this person really loves me, they're going to give up blah, 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 to show that they love me. And they can't love me if they, they don't give up this thing. So when it comes to vulnerability, we've got some components, but like one of the components I think is important is like redefining what love means 
And that takes some, that takes some time. Because if you have an entire lifetime built around the idea that love is sacrifice, it's going to feel really selfish and unloving to say no and to not be sacrificing continually for the people that you're saying that you love. And it might feel rather inconsistent with your own definition of love or what the one that you were raised with to start to set boundaries. So there is like an element of this, like, I don't know, that process is just feel, it can feel really incongruent. And that's why we, we resist it. Cause it's like, you have this framework and like, you don't necessarily have a new one yet, but it's like love has been equated with sacrifice and losing yourself. So what does it mean to, to love someone else and love yourself? Because we tend to then jump over to this like hyper individualized, like, then I'm only going to love me. And like, I'm just going to take care of me and like put myself first. And like, yes. And that's very American. And we live (laughs) old Western. We live in community. We thrive in community. We need relationship. Relationship is necessary. So what does it look like to to have room and love ourselves and have space for ourselves in our own lives while loving other people, while having space for other people. So that was my rabbit trail and I'm coming back around to the healthy steps for vulnerability. And my number one in like any growth process that you are going through and shifting and like trying to come home to yourself because I really think that coming back to yourself is like at the root of most things is undistracted time with you because it's relationship, right? That we're wanting to heal. If you've been taught that your, that love is to sacrifice, you're probably sacrificing yourself. And that's also sacrificing your relationship with you. So the first, first thing is find a space. And I don't mean like find a space. Everyone's like, you already have it. And like, people are just going to like, oh, she needs space and they need space. And that's fine. Like you're going to, you're probably going to have to like fight and get creative to take space for yourself. Daily is best. But as often as you can, carve out time. Because being in your own presence, even if you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing here, you're spending time with you. And paying attention to that and being in undistracted space, whether that's meditation or yoga or just like taking a walk outside without input. Spending time with yourself is just, so powerful in creating a new definition of what love means. And it's also, in a way, it's kind of tricking your brain. So it's kind of tricking your brain to be like, you are also a person. <laughs> because I think that like in the process of, of sacrificial love, we really do often lose ourselves. So spending time with yourself and being like, having a list of things that you need, like I need to, have water and eat meals and take a walk with myself 
because I'm in relationship with myself is a way of like bringing you back around to be like, oh, I'm a person. I also matter, which makes it then easier, not easier, well, maybe a little easier to be in relationship with yourself because you're seeing yourself as a person and it allows, it allows you to validate yourself in a different way. And then next is a sovereign no practice. So finding a way in your life to say no. (laughs) So once I had a therapist tell me like, you shouldn't intentionally mess up at work. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) But I really, I really loved this, um, this concept because she's like, pick something really small. And, and just like, fuck it up just a little and then go and tell someone and own it and move on. Like notice how they respond. Choose someone you trust, like a supervisor that likes you or that is like kind or whatever. But like what she was doing was telling me to move into the physical world instead of out of my head. And just like the concept of like trusting failure So like the reality of trusting failure. So I say all that because like finding a no, having a no practice, like find a space that like you can playfully do this. Like ask your partner to ask you like five things for you to do and just say no to all of them. See how you feel. (laughs) Or like find a friend who's like, who cancels on you and like cancel on them. And like not to be mean, but just like, Allow yourself to cancel something that like maybe means a tiny bit to you, but not that much to you just to be with the energetic of taking up some space and like being with your body in that process. Like, how does it feel like what's coming up for me in this process and getting curious around that is, is a way of humanizing yourself to you as well, bringing you back into that space of mattering. Um, yeah, and then intentionally shifting your view of love. Because we, if we're viewing love as sacrifice, there, there's got to be, like, another way, right? And, like, I, for me at this point, I feel like love is connection. And um, it's a lot of things. But like seeing love as connection has been a much cleaner space for me to come at love. Um, And I don't know if that resonates with you, but like finding your own way of, of viewing love that feels, it doesn't require less of you, but it requires an equal amount from you as it does from the person who you're in relationship with. And when I when I say equal, I don't mean measured equal. I mean, you both feel like you are receiving from that dynamic. And stepping into sovereign relationship with yourself. Like you, I feel, this is not a word, but like for me, I think it was like two years ago, my word of the year was mattering. <laughs> because, because like, Doing this, like you're for for wanting to move into healthy vulnerability, we have to become like 
we have to come back to the fact that we're a person. And if we've spent our entire life being who we quote unquote should, then it can be hard to like have a framework for that. So what, like my suggestion is always like, it's so, it's like, it's not fake it till you make it, but it's, it's like, you're already there. Like you already matter. And you would probably logically know that you matter and that you have value. The issue is not in your mind. It's, it's your body's lived experience of not mattering. So from your experiences, you've been taught that like your opinion doesn't matter. Your needs don't matter. If they do, they don't matter as much as other people's. And what we're wanting to do is to move you into an equal space with other people. So starting to behave like you matter and ask like, what would I do if I mattered? And making choices for, for yourself from that space is, is kind of a way of, again, getting, your, getting you out of your head and into your body with the lived experience of like, what happens if I matter? And then giving your body the experience of going through that and surviving and like, you know, you made it. <laughs> Because then you have, you have this like, almost like a, I don't even know if I'm using this right, but you've completed like a stress cycle or something. It's like, you've come, you've come back to completion with a thing. Like when I intentionally fucked up at work and then apologized or whatever, it was like this, what happened was nothing. What happened was this person was like, oh, okay. You know, make sure that you blah, 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 blah. If you want help with that, blah, blah, blah. And my whole system was like, I didn't die. All this time, I've been thinking in my own perfectionism that if I mess up, the world will fall apart. But now I have the lived experience that it doesn't. And that's kind of what the sovereign no practice is. And, and deciding things from that place of mattering is for. It's like what you start to notice is a lived body experience of more safety than you had in a previous time. And it starts to, your body can start to like adjust to that and move forward from there. Um, okay. And then number five, I didn't number these at all. Um, oh yeah. Shift how you share intentionally. So this, this might feel odd at first, like if you were, like I was talking about at the very beginning, if you're someone who's like grown up in spaces where you were required to share and like you needed to be vulnerable or you had to like say something in order to fit in or, or to be safe or whatever it was, holding back can feel like you are withholding from someone and saying no when someone asks you a question or that you don't want to like talk about it right now feels like an affront or unloving. And I'm simply asking you to like do it anyway, which is not like very, yeah, it's, it might feel like it's not right at first, but I'm not asking you to not ever share. What I'm asking is just to slow down because if you've been running, if you've been running for years, excuse me, like just constantly running you might not be able to feel your feet un until you slow down to a walk. And once you start to feel your feet, then you understand the sensation of the ground underneath you. 
and you can get an idea of like what the texture of the ground is. Like, do I need to like jump on rocks here or like wade through water? Is it cool? Is the ground soft? You start to notice things when you slow down. But it has to be intentional at first if your entire system has constantly been running. So don't completely slow down, but try slowing down a little bit. Try moving a little bit slower and being with how you feel about that. Because that, if you've been constantly running, can feel dysregulating too. But when you're entering a new relationship dynamic, uh, a lot of people find this through coaches and therapists, but intentionally not sharing everything right away is a really powerful way for you to experience healthy vulnerability in hopefully a safe space. Because what can happen is then you will have the bodily lived experience of moving into a trusting relationship over the course of time. And that's the kind of safety that you deserve to have. Because when we force our our shelves, excuse me, when we force ourselves to share too fast and too soon, we disconnect from our bodies. And you had to do that to survive. So there's nothing wrong with that. And you deserve to be in spaces where you are connected with your body and where you are choosing to be in pace with what actually feels good to your body's process and what feels right for you. Yeah, vulnerability is tricky and feels like, feels like a lot. And like, I feel like it's so important to note, like when you're starting out that this feels like There, there's just like a lot of mixed feelings in there because there's the feeling of like, I don't want to be ever vulnerable again. Like I was telling you earlier, like with my boyfriend, I was like, I feel naked and exposed and I fucking hate this. <laughs> I never want to feel that again. But I really think that like vulnerability, when you are met and seen in relationship is actually the best feeling. And I think that's why it's so scary to have it feel bad is because it's actually like a really incredible, beautiful thing to experience vulnerability in a relationship where you feel safe and met within yourself and within that relationship. It's kind of like, I guess, high risk, high reward. (laughs) (laughs) but I don't really mean that. What I mean is (laughs) that, that I think a lot of us have been avoiding that kind of vulnerable feeling because we only associate it with the experiences that we've had that we've been forced into and that have been beyond our control. But I want to like pose here the question, like what, what would it be like, would it be possible and what could be possible if you allowed yourself to feel vulnerable in a safe and healthy way? 
in a way where you are connected to yourself and this other person is connected to themselves and you are making choices from your own body. Like what could connection be like if you are not just seen, but met? Cause that can bring about such profound, like it's, it's like being witnessed, but also beyond that you are allowing yourself to be open in the process. And that, that doesn't happen in those unhealthy dynamics, but it can, it can in healthy dynamics. Can you hear that? There's like a helicopter going overhead. That's exciting. Um, I'm going to wrap this up, but those are kind of like my five steps thinking about vulnerability. And there's like a bajillion more threads that I could talk about there, but I just encourage you to slow down and to allow yourself, if nothing else, the space to consider that you deserve safe vulnerability, that you deserve to be met in relationship and that you deserve to be seen and loved in being seen not just seen and loved for what you're presenting and sharing on the outside, but really seen in your messiness and loved. You deserve to feel true vulnerability in, in the beautiful way. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you all for joining me today. If you are wanting one-on-one -on -one support to help you step into trusting yourself seeing your own magic and building the life that you want, you can contact me on my website. The website is below in the show notes. I hope you all have a bitchin' day.